you know, the days are coming when there will be nothing that we will say. There will be nothing that we would, that would be the reason why the Holy Ghost does things. The days are coming when the Holy Ghost will do things because he wants to do them. And these days are days where we are just pre- we are in the phase of just preparing ourselves as vessels, so that when the day when the Holy Ghost decides these are things He wants to do, there will be ready-made vessels. Your vessel will be large enough. Your vessel will be big enough. These are not days where you sing, "Fill my cup, Lord." These are days where you come with a drum. These are days you come with a tank. These are days you come with everything you have, not just your cup. Your cup is too small for what the devil... The, the Bible says when the enemy comes like a flood, a flood and a cup are not the same. Pray, lift up your voice to the Lord and say, expand me, expand me, increase my capacity. These are days where the enemy comes like a flood. When the enemy was going to come against Job, it didn't come one way. He came in every possible way. Therefore, a child of God must be ready in every possible way. The devil will not tempt you with one thing and then walk away. When he came at Jesus, he didn't come one thing. He came with the first one, came with the second one, came with the third one. And the scripture says he left Jesus for a season. And we know it was a season because you can point to other scriptures in the Bible where Satan came again. Satan came, Jesus, the Bible says Jesus was tempted in every way. He was tempted with his own enemy. You know what it means when when you 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 are choosing disciples and the Holy Spirit says pick that one and by the way that one will be the reason you will die but you must pick him anyway he must be part of the group so that every day when you see him is a test of humility it is a, it was a test of meekness it was a test of of obedience it was a test of everything put together that Jesus couldn't look at Judas and say, you this bastard, get out of here. He had to keep him next, next to him. He, the way Jesus dealt was that was that Jesus made him the accountant. So, he, because after a man's money, there's not much left. So God said, okay, keep the money. So that, that, was, that was helping Jesus' own heart. So that if the guy is keeping our money and he's stealing now, we are still surviving. We will be fine. She is to die and resurrect. We'll be okay. Just lift up your two hands this morning and say, Lord, help me. There is so much you are making of us. There is so much God wants to make of you. It is not, it, the Apostle Paul was saying, why is it that you are thinking it's something a big deal that God can raise the dead? I have told us in this church before, there's a church in Australia where raising the dead is what new members do now. It's not, it's not, what, it's not a job. When somebody dies, they don't call the pastor. They call a random church member such that adults in that place now, when they die, they have to write a note that says, I'm going home. Don't wake me. Because they will wake you. And it wasn't the pastor that was doing it. It was members of the church. Say, Lord, increase my capacity. I want to, everything you say you want to do, let it be possible through me. Everything you have decided that you want to do in these last days, let it let me not be the bottleneck. You know, you do a plan and you say, Oh, there's a bottleneck there, there's a bottleneck there. Between what everyone wants to do and the, the ability of the heart to receive it will be vessels, will be men. Say, Lord, me, oh, 
I refuse to be a bottleneck to what you are doing. I refuse to be a constraint to the Holy Spirit. Jesus went to his own hometown and wanted to do miracles. The Bible says he couldn't do miracles because of unbelief. Those people were bottlenecks for the other. The people that didn't believe, they, their own unbelief affected the crippled man that Jesus always knew. Their own unbelief affected that blind man that Jesus was saying, ah, you know, you know Jesus would have been excited the day the Holy Ghost said, let's go to your hometown. Because Jesus will remember that blind man that used to walk on the street. The lame man that was sitting by that corridor. That broken child. And then Jesus got there excited to heal everybody. Like, this is the day you will see. This is the day you walk. And the, Bible, the Holy Ghost said, no, we are not doing anything here because of their lack of unbelief. Some people were standing there saying, is that not Jesus, Joseph's son? We know his father. His mother lives in number 42. His younger brothers are here. And because of that, the lame man kept being lame. The blind man kept being blind. The, the infirmity of all those men stayed there. Say, Lord, I will not be an obstruction to that which you are doing. My, my life will be an expressway from heaven. When you are downloading, my life will be an expressway for everything you want to download. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we thank you this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Say, Lord, let your mercy prevail over me. Just ask him. Ask for mercy. Because when we have done all that we need to do, we still come to say, Lord, have mercy. Not because God is wicked, because we have come to place ourselves under his mercy. So I was reading something about Katrick Kuma. She said she, she doesn't count her prayers in hours so that it will not get to her heart and she will say, oh, it's because I prayed for this number of hours that that crippled man worked. So she refuses. She even refused to record her own mess meetings. If, it's a Catherine Kuma, if it was Katrick Kuma that set up the meeting, you are likely to never find a recording of it. If it was somebody else that said, all those Katrick videos you have seen, it's because there were, other, there were other people that set up the meetings. And those people recorded, and she couldn't say, don't record. You know, if you invite her to your church, you, she cannot tell you not to record. But if it's the one that's her own meeting, you won't find the videos. So just say, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. The Holy Ghost, when you decide to come, when the Father has approved it, when you have decided that the Lord Jesus must be glorified, Oh Lord, let my life be a worthy conduit. Let my life be a worthy, let my life be a worthy, a, a, a worthy transport mode for your spirit. In Jesus' name. You know, when I was sitting there, the Holy Spirit said to me that as a people and as an, as <coughs> Hallelujah. The speakers died. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, the Holy Spirit was saying to me that as a as a people and as a as a church and as individuals that we will not struggle for miracles. I don't know what miracle you are trusting God for, but the Holy Spirit has said this morning that we will not struggle for miracles. So if there's a miracle you are expecting, we are, of course, as a church, we're expecting miracles. We're ex expecting explosions of his power, explosions of people. But even as individuals, there are miracles. There are things that you, maybe you have done the calculations and you have concluded that this one is only by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has come to say, you will not struggle for miracles. Say, Lord, I receive my own portion. 
Tell, tell oh, Holy, Holy Ghost that you've heard him and that you agree with him. You will not struggle for miracles. That you have money to buy it doesn't mean you are the one that should buy it. Why can't somebody come and give it to you? Why can't the Holy Ghost send it to you? That you can afford it doesn't mean you can. That's one thing I tell God, that God, you will take me to a place where even though I have the money for it, I'll be able to spend the money for your work because those other things I won't have to spend money on. Say, Lord, I have come to agree with you. My own miracle, I, I will not struggle. I will not struggle. I will not struggle. I will not struggle. I will not struggle in the name of Jesus. I will not struggle in the name of Jesus. Roto Shagrandoski, Brahadosha, Brahadoski, Velaski, Zenamo Sham, Brahadoski, Digizuza, Erabasham, Brahadoski, Brahadoski, Tokuzia Rabaski, Emratosi, Velato, Zuzim, Brahadosha, Hala, Brahadoski. There are many people that there seem to be things that are budding up in their lives. You know, Apostle Paul said that the Lord has opened a door, but there are too many adversaries. This morning, declare that we, com- we command that the enterprise of the adversary will cease in the name of... Are we praying that every enterprise of the adversary... You can see that God has opened a door, but you can also see that there is an... If you need to sit down, sit down. The most important thing is that you are praying. That every enterprise of the adversary, you can see that open door. You can you you've looked at it. You have seen that the way this thing can go. You have seen multiple ways this matter can go, and all the end of it makes you happy. But you there is the enterprise of the adversary. Say, Lord, every enterprise of the adversary, in the name of Jesus, we put a stop to it. Every enterprise of the adversary, we put a stop to it today in the name of Jesus. The adversary cannot win over your life. The adversary cannot. Many times, Satan, when he can't stop, he wants to slow you down. He wants you to take a detour that will make your journey longer. In the name of Jesus, every advers- every enterprise of the adversary, someone that sits there and just says, I'm going to add six months to your to what should take you one year that says i'm just going to delay this thing just because i can every enterprise of the adversary we say no in the name of jesus you pray similarly that everyone that has potential you can the potential that god has put inside you but that the enemy is resisting the the explosion of that which you know you yourself know that god has put this thing inside me Maybe it's the capacity to write, it's the capacity to teach, it's the capacity to, to help people, it's the capacity for business building, capacity for anything. But you know that there is a resistance in the name of Jesus. We shut down every resistance. We shut down every resistance. We shut down every resistance in the spirit, in the physical. Men that are physically decided, I'm going to resist you. We shut down in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Final prayer, just say, Lord, you say, ask for mercy again. You cannot ask for mercy enough. You cannot ask for mercy enough. Say, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy on my children. Have mercy on my life. Have mercy on my wife. Have mercy on my, on my husband. Have mercy on this church. Have mercy on the entire ministry. Have mercy. Let mercy speak. Let mercy speak. Mercy is, after you are, when you have done, when you have not done things that you are supposed to do, mercy will still come and speak and say, Lord, for the, let, let, it is mercy that makes Jesus plead before the Father and say, give him extra years, give him extra months, so that he doesn't fail, so that he doesn't, give him some more time, give him some more time. Lord, have mercy. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Let's have a seat. The Lord bless you. Welcome to church again. As you can see, it's a very hot day. Please, there is water. There is a lot of water. Please drink a lot of water. Please, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, we thank God for um, <clears throat> Apostle Tim that has blessed us this morning. I know when he was speaking, he said, he spoke of David being a man after God's heart. And, and, and please give me some water. Thank you. And for the first time, I actually saw, thank you, I actually saw that statement as, you know, what does it, have you ever thought of it? What does it mean when the Bible says David was a man after God's heart? What does it mean? Does anybody know what it means? Have you ever thought of what it means? I've never really sat down to think about what it means. But a man of David being a man after God's heart is basically a man who consistently ran after what was on the heart of God. So when you say man after, many times when you think of a man after my own heart, you think of it as a man that is my close friend or that is my body. It's not only, it means that, but it also means a man, when you say, when, when you say I'm after you, like a man is chasing after a woman. For example, you, I want, you will be my wife, and she says no, but the man doesn't stop. I was reading a case in the papers where the man had to take the matter to court. I think he, he met her. You know, one of these popular celebrities met and, you know, where they say sign an autograph. So she didn't stop there. She found his home address, started sending letters, turned up in front of his house <coughs> when he did not listen. And when she would write letters, she would hand it with your girlfriend. And when she did not stop there, she found the address of his father and his mother and wrote them a letter and said, this man said... But David was such a man before God. He was always, he was a man that was consistently after. When God said the man after my, God was saying the man that was chasing after what was in my heart. And like he was saying, every time you will see examples of David will go back and say, you know, David was a wonderful disciple of Samuel. Many of the biblical principles that you see David exhibiting, he learned from prophet Samuel. David was the son <laughs> that Samuel did not have. Such that Samuel's own biological sons misbehaved. And I was, you know, the Holy Spirit is, is whatever you do, make friends with the Holy Spirit. Let it, let, make it easy for him to be able to talk to you. And one of the ways you do that is if he knows that you will listen. If, the, if you can let the Holy Ghost know that if he says it, you will listen. You'll be surprised. It will talk to you about the most random things. I was just going my own this week and like, why is it good that Samuel's children went that way? But then you, you, if you look at Eli and you look at Samuel, you can start drawing similarities. Eli's own two sons, you see the way they went, Ophni and Phineas. When they came back and reported and said Ophni and Phineas had died, the man did not even... It was when they said that the hack had, had been stolen. That's when the man fell and broke his neck. So the, God, the, God, the matter of God was way more important to the man than the two children and their own. He just committed that God will be dealing with them and God killed them and that was the end of the matter. Samuel went the exact same way. 
he went up and down judging the people and prophesying and his own two children well you know so you you could and you find out that one of the major reasons for that was the the only father that samuel knew was eli because when he was about is it three years old they dumped him so he saw his own biological father once a year when they traveled all the way to shiloh to come and do the yearly thing but eli was the father he saw everything when he heard god it was eli that interpreted you know god had just been teaching me a lot of things about fathering for example i was reading about gideon and when gideon went to throw down the uh, thing of baal the person that spoke for him was his own father you, if you read that, you went through that. It was his father that answered. I said to say, if Baal is God, let him. Sp- that when you see young ministers that go and do crazy things and they come back and they die, many times because there is no father. Hey, Son of God was saying that himself and his friends, when they were younger, they went to. What? No. This, this, so this young man, <coughs> I think he went somewhere and started to ban the spirit of immorality and all of that. That's how, when he got home, <laughs> that's how the spirit followed him up. Like, it's not that you are perceiving. It is that you can see that thing following you home. And all the, he, want, he, he said he felt like sleeping with everybody he met. And uh, So he quickly ran to his father and the Lord and said, save me. Oh. I have gone to pull things that are bigger than me. So the hand of God just looked at him, touched this and said, you are free. And that was the end. You know, the spirit, the spirit have respect though, and they understand level. It is in the is in the natural that people don't understand cadres and kingdoms and and positions and all of this. That's why when that man went to Jesus and said, "I'm a man under authority," if I say, "Go, go," say it doesn't matter if the person is talking to is his grandfather. You will see. Maybe he's an army general of twenty five, and the person, the people is commanding. They are in their forties and they are, it does, nobody cares for the age of the when it is a military man speaking. Stand up. If you don't stand up, you might be old enough to be his father. You will do push up until you pass out. Authority doesn't care for age. Authority doesn't care for a lot of things, but the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. And you know, he spoke of discernment, and the scripture that came to my mind is Luke chapter. I don't think I know where it is now. But it's, it's in the book of Luke. It's towards the end of the ministry of the Lord Jesus. And he, one of it, he was saying to, he was weeping over Jerusalem. And he said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you that killed all your prophets, if only you knew the day of your visitation. And he said, because you did not know. And then the Lord Jesus started to say what would happen to them because they did not know. When you don't know the day of your visitation, you start to look for things that the Lord had already brought for you that you missed. When you don't know the day of your visitation, you start to struggle for what is already yours. It's like all of us have done Amazon delivery before. If, if, if you have you ever ordered a parcel from maybe like DPD and all that, and they came and they wanted to deliver and they didn't meet you at home? And they'll leave you a note and say, well, we'll try again. If we don't meet you, you'll come and find our office. So something that they could have dropped in your living room, it is you now that we have to start chasing it around. Why? 
because you missed the timing of your visitation. Life is life without Jesus is hard enough already. <coughs> Excuse me. Make sure that you don't miss times of divine visitation. When God comes to your house or when God suddenly opens I know what, when he was saying that um, for like two days that window opened for him to do things, I know what he meant. It, it's something I've, I've, I've practiced for a while. It doesn't matter if they say write this thing. Like something happened. I was told to write an article um, recently. And so I called the person and said, by the way, when is the deadline? I knew. I, I was asking Jul- in July, when is the deadline? I said, ah, the deadline was in June. I knew it was in June, but I was asking in case they would have mercy on my soul. They said, okay, uh, I give you until weekend. So I looked at weekend. Saturday, I'm traveling. Friday, we have vigil. The only day I have is Thursday. So I, so, and this was Wednesday. <laughs> no, this was Tuesday. And Wednesday was Bible study. So I, like, I only have Thursday to actually settle down to do anything. So I will say, Holy Spirit, have mercy. And my prayer is simple. See, I have no eyes, so be my eyes. I have no brain. Be my brain. I have no legs. Be my legs. That, see, when you have done, finished praying your tongues, and you have prayed in tongues, you go back and say, see you. I can, if you don't help me, nobody will. I know what happened. So as I was leaving work, I just had the sense to be to start praying in the Holy Ghost. So I was just praying in the Holy Ghost, just praying. When I even picked up my wife, she was talking to me. I wasn't even answering. I was just doing my only two prayer. And I got home, and it, it, like a statement just came into my spirit. Picked my phone, started typing, and I typed and typed and typed and typed and typed. So after I finished typing on my phone, I went to my laptop. Like let us let us format and format this whole thing. I had written about seven pages. So I just wrote it. I just, all of this was in the space of like an hour and a half. I just wrote all of that. Uh, Formatted it, edited it, and sent it. (laughs) My job is done. You cannot, because if you have to sit down yourself and start saying, you will will struggle. But when you, when you ask the Holy Ghost and, and just wait, and just wait, and just wait, when that thing clicks, go and find a pen or a paper. When it's a business idea, it just cl- once that clarity hits you, that's the time. If you say, I will come back to you tomorrow morning, the unction would have, you know, it's like the anointing. The anointing many times, the anointing upon. The anointing within is permanently there, 247. The anointing upon can lift, can come, can go. When that thing has landed, it's an anointing that hits you that you didn't know. Many times we think of anointing as when anointing comes, you fall down. No. The Bible says you have an unction from the Holy One. The unction can hit you and it's a business idea that will come out of it. The unction can eat you and it is your physics assignment that the answer will come. The unction can be anything you need it to be. It's one of the reasons for the divisions in the body of Christ. Some people will say Christ is the healer. So all their ministry, the focus of the entire ministry is healing. They are not wrong because Christ is the healer. Somebody else comes and says Christ is holiness 
and they will preach holiness to you until you you feel when you go and shower and you are not lighter than you are, you will think you are not holy. They will bang holiness. They are not wrong because Christ demands holiness. The problem is Christ demands holiness, but it's more than holiness. And then you see churches that want people to be financially prosperous, and people are like, that church, all they know is money, all they know is money. The problem is that they have they are a bit lopsided. They have they have leaned on one side of the person of Jesus. That's why when Apostle Paul was talking to the Moses, I studied to show yourself approved unto God, the workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly divided. That means there is a way you must divide the word so that you don't you one portion is not bigger. You are not doing holiness and all your church members are poor. You are not doing righteousness and people are not flourishing. You are not saying, um, I don't know what it is, and the other part is sagging. Balanced children of God. Balanced children of God. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Uh, okay. So, we for about Three, this is week four. We have been doing School of the Holy Spirit and we have been trying to get to the definition. If we get there, wonderful. If we don't get there, we'll continue. You know, the good thing about church is we can always pause it and continue next Sunday. So, let me start. And one thing that I've noticed that God has been doing with this series is that the I had the outline the first day that the Holy Spirit brought this to me. I had, I had written all the outline. But I found out that when I stop here and I draw the line here, the subsequent Sunday, the Holy Ghost brings another introduction for that section. And then we'll do that one. And then we'll end it somewhere. And then next one, for this one now, Genesis chapter 3 from verse 1. Let's start. Hallelujah. <coughs> Genesis chapter 3 from verse 1. The goal of God is that we must, each believer must be able to stand. Each, each believer must be able to stand. When, when a man will stand and say, give me Scotland or I die. You know, what, you know the kind of standing that you stand and you can say to God, give me Scotland or I will die. And God gave him Scotland. One man. Five kings came against Abraham. He had 318 men in his own house. And with 318 men, he pursued and overtook five kings. And he won. How many people, how many hands did those people have? You, 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 you go against the army of five kings. They have their soldiers in thousands. Yet, 318 men stood and not a single one of them died. Not one. You, 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 you remember the, the Hall of Fame of, of David and his mighty men. Have you ever thought of that story before? In, is this Second Samuel 23 now? Where he said, uh, David said, Oh, somebody will give me from the waters of Bethlehem. He grew up in Bethlehem. That was, his, that was the well that he grew up drinking. So he woke up, Ah, somebody give me of the water. But it was just, it wasn't a command. It was just, you know, when I'm just expressing a wish loud. And those three men got up and said, okay, let's go get you some water. Picture that scenario. The three of them were, and the Bible says that was a garrison of the Philistines. And we know from um, military terminology that a garrison is between 2,000 and 12,000 soldiers. So the minimum soldiers they would have met that day 
was 2,000. And the maximum was 12. And how many men were this? And then they went. And they, they fought their way through until they got to the well and started to fetch water. And you know, when you're, at least when you're fetching water, at least one of them will be fetching water. The other two had to keep fighting. And they had to be defending the guy that was fetching water. And when they finished fetching water, they headed back. The guy carrying water will carry water. He would water in one hand, sword in the other hand. He won't be able to fight work. That means the other two must be able to protect the guy that was carrying the water. And they made it back. And when they got back, David said, Ah, I can't drink this. This is not water anymore. This is blood now. This is blood now. This, this, these are, these are um, powerful principles of scripture that somebody, <laughs> a sound of God was speaking. Because many times, when, when you, this is the problem that sometimes as children of God, we don't understand how God weighs things. I was thinking about prayer today, like, ah. You know, sometimes people will say, pray it once and forget about it. But that's not how it looks. In the, the Bible says that the, 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 the angels collect the prayer of the saints. Was it the first day that Cornelius prayed that God answered him? No. Cornelius had been praying for a while. And then in Acts 10, the, the angel came and said, ah, you are, your name has come up. You know what that means? That means you're, you're, you have finally prayed to the point where your case filed. You know that's uh, let's go to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Um, verse 4. And when he looked on him, this was the angel, and when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? And he said, this is the angel saying to him, your prayers and your hands are come up for a memorial before God. That means you have finally prayed it to the point where angel Gabriel went to God and said, hey, excuse me, sir, this boy, is, this Cornelius guy, is, is, his jar is full now. Sir, you need to do something about it. It, it. That means his name, he prayed until his name came up in the discussion in heaven. And then they had to do so. And then God said, okay, let us deal with this case. There is something about how God weighs things. How God weighs things. When the Holy Ghost tells you, wake up in the middle of the night, pray for 10 minutes, and you say, God, I'm too sleepy. When I wake up by 6 a.m., I will give you one hour. Your one hour is nothing compared to the 10 minutes that you would have prayed. That 10 minutes prayer will do more for your destiny than the one hour you will say you said you want to do. Maybe it was that 10 minutes... Maybe it was that 10 minutes that the king could not sleep and they went to bring case file. And now it was... The, the, you don't, all of us, we don't know when the king cannot sleep. Oh. It's only God that knows when the king is unable to sleep. Even if the king was unable to sleep, there are a thousand and one things the king could have done. He could have been drinking. You know he's the king. He could have decided, go and bring all the naked women, let them come and entertain me. That's what they do. That's what those kings did in those days. All naked women and alcohol was how they parted. Ah, you've read the book. Why are you looking? You've read the book of Daniel. What was the man doing for 120 something days? He was partying. And then with all his, his wives and his concubine, everybody sat together in peace. You know, when there's power, you're able to maintain level of peace between wife and concubine. <laughs> 
<laughs> Hallelujah. So God measures things differently. David could not drink that water because it was no longer water. I had this case of a, a church in Nigeria where, was it in Nigeria? I don't know, but there was a church, I think it's in Nigeria, where they, you know, they've been doing building fund. You know the building, you know all those olden churches where they do, you know, Nabi, that they do all those building fund, that maybe they have been contributing that money since you were in secondary school. The money is not yet complete. So, the pastor in charge, he got an invitation to go and preach in America. And he didn't have money for flight. So, he went to the building fund chairman and said, that money, can I have it? And the building fund chairman said, ah, the five naira of Yalata, the two naira of, that we have been contributing for years, you wanted to, the people that invited you, can't they buy you flight ticket? So the pastor was angry, sacked the uh, building committee chairman, and he put somebody that was his party, put him as the building committee chairman, and that one gave him the money and said, you can take it, travel. <coughs> pastor got to America. They were going to start the meeting they called him for. A snake found him from somewhere. Imagine leaving your village in Nigeria to go and be beaten by a snake in New York. You, you understand? A snake. How many of you have seen snakes since you got here? If they say a snake beat someone in their house in this country, where would the snake come from? Eh? Except the only the kind of snakes that kill people in this country is, is when they kill... I was watching a video. I was watching an interview. <laughs> they, these people had a pet python at home. They had a pet python. So they, and they had a baby. So, they, so husband, wife, baby, and the pet python, they have been living together and all that. So one of these days, they've been living together for years. So one of these days, the, the, the man was not around. I think, I think he had gone to work. The woman now said, let, her, let me quickly go to shop. Between the time she went to shop and came back, the baby was in the belly of the python. <coughs> And she started crying that the pet, the python has been friendly. There, it's a pet. It's a this. It's a that. Is a that they didn't expect the python to do that. And I was like, pythons are intelligent animals. The anim, it was just waiting. You know those things they sense by your body temperature. They, it's not like they can see, but they can sense when something is alive. You know we all, we all give out it. So they can measure your, they can know when something is hot, when a body is hot or is cold. So that python knew that day that, and you know, by virtue of the way a man is walking around, it will look like, oh, this is a bigger animal. So the python was gentle because the man and the woman looked like bigger animals and he didn't want to die. The day he realized that, okay, there's no big animal around, this small thing, I can handle this one. That was the day they found their baby in the belly of. So this this pastor that I was saying went to America. He got beaten by a snake. The meeting he went for, he could not attend. Eventually, the church had to pay because he didn't travel with health insurance. So the church, he didn't bless them. They ended up paying his medical bills. And then when he was coming back home, they gave him some money. So when he came, he said, anyway, Akuku didn't minister. But anyway, here's your building fund money, collect your money. So he gave the money back. 
But the mistake he made is that God doesn't think like a man. The money he gave back was not the money he took. Because when he took that money, you took the pain of the people that gave that money. When, when the mama, Alata or something, that had 20 naira and gave 15 for the building fund, you took, that was also what, if you return the cash value, you can't return the sacrifice. And so what happened in the church that people started dying? They started dying anyhow, and then they started praying. It was when they were praying that the Lord now said, that money he took <laughs> is my money. How do you begin to repay God now? How do you begin? So when, when they say your tithe is the first tenth of your... Well, many of us are just living under mercy. Because when they say your tithe is the first tenth, God didn't say the second tenth or the third tenth or the fifth tenth or the sixth tenth. He said the very first. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. I was going to read Genesis chapter 3 from verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, many times when we read this subtle, we think of the serpent as being sly, as being... You know, there are many definitions of the word subtle. One of the, uh, one of the definitions of subtle is that the snake was prudent. So even the snake itself was a bit of a victim now, if the snake had never said anything reasonable to Adam and Eve, you think the snake would just start talking one day and they will listen? No, no. It's because they have always known the snake to be very reasonable, to be wise, to, to, to say sensible things. So the day the snake started to, you know, have you thought about the snake, the day the snake started to talk to Eve, it didn't look strange. If you're, you, you, if you have a dog at home and you get to my dog, start talking to you, say you won't ask questions. You ask questions, but that day Eve didn't ask questions because it, it, the snake was most intelligent and had always had intelligent conversations. So Eve was like, "Ah, what philosophy did you bring today again?" Oh. So it was the philosophy they were discussing, not knowing that it was no longer the snake; it was something bigger than the snake. Hallelujah. So being subtle means sensible, prudent, and all of that. So the, the, we, you know we are considering the school of the Holy Spirit. So the devil took advantage of Adam not being fully schooled in the school of the Holy Spirit in, in the ways that Satan could tempt him. And you know there's a, the proof of the fact that Adam didn't finish school was that when Satan came to him and said, if you eat this thing, you will be like God. Adam had not finished school, so he didn't know that he was already like God. He was being made like God. He would eventually look like God. Adam didn't know that. If, if, if somebody comes to you and says, if you eat this apple, you will become a woman. Say you won't ask him, am I not already a woman? I mean, women here, if you're a man, and someone say, if you take this fruit, you become a man. Won't you tell the person, I'm already a full-blown man? You will say that because you know who you are. So when Satan came and said, if you take this food, you'll be like God. If Adam knew that he was already in the image and like, if he understood what it meant, he would have, Eve would have told Satan, but I am already like God. But that didn't happen, obviously. And you know, there are three levels. We've, we've seen this a number of times. There is the fact that you are saved. There is the fact that you are being saved. There is the fact that you will be saved. 
speaking of your spirit, your soul, your body. Excuse me. John 3:16. That is the part. When you when you when you do John 3:16, when you when you believe and you are saved, that is your spirit that is saved. That's why somebody can stand there now, do the sinner's prayer, and live here and wants to go and do things that they were doing before. Because even though their spirit is now saved, the chokehold of your mind. That's why sometimes people that have gone so far in that way, so many times it takes something very radical to knock them back in the right direction. That's why someone like Paul, it wasn't just that. Before Ananias could preach to Paul to say the Lord has said receive us, Jesus had to first turn up. Because Paul had gone so far into killing, into killed Stephen, um, arrested people, threw them in jail. So he had gone so far in one way, and then to bring him back required. That's why for some of us, your born again experience might not be dramatic. But then you see a thief. You've heard stories like that that somebody that went to steal somewhere and then God appeared to him. I was was it not in South Africa recently that. One is it the deputy head of the church of Satan? They were going to do their regular rituals to Satan, and then Jesus showed up. That 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 wasn't your own experience. You probably just maybe daddy was preaching one day. I just was like, Lord Jesus, have mercy. And when you think you didn't even feel any, you didn't you, you didn't even feel different. Yes, someone like that, they will never forget. That's why the fire in Apostle Paul was the way it was. Jesus turned up on you to Damascus. He, if you, if you can say whatever you want, the, the light he saw, you cannot take that away from him. So Adam, spirit, soul, and body. Adam was also going through that process. You know Adam was not immortal. Do you know that? He was covered in glory, but he was not immortal. That's why one of the things God quickly did was to make sure that he didn't get near the tree of life. Because that was when he would have gotten immortality. And that would have been the end of the matter. So, spirit is when you, are, you, when you get born again, your spirit is saved instantly. You become a new creation. Being saved talks about the renewal of your mind. Uh, Romans 12. Renewing of your mind. That's when you start to do things. You are starting to learn things you weren't doing before. Now you pray. Now you read the word. Now you obey. Now you try to hear the voice of God. Now you try to practice. Those things are changing your orientation about things. And then eventually you will be saved. That speaks of the changing of your body from mortal body to immortal body. So, in, in, so Adam and he were already in the process. But because he didn't have an understanding of the school that God was taking them through. That's why the Bible says that God will come in the cool of the evening. God was coming to explain different things, different things, different things. Let me ask a question. How many of you think that the tree of life and the tree of good and evil, what do you think God put them there for? How many of you think that God put it there as a test of their obedience? Signify. Oh, you think it was a test of obedience. Okay. Anybody else? What do you think the trees were there for? Anybody? You can talk. It's, it's church. It's still yes. Yeah. Okay. Of good, and, of good and evil. I just think that at some point God was still going to give them 
But I didn't think that when God made man, it, I'm not too sure he had planned the failure of man into. Though from the foundation of the earth, Christ had been. <laughs> it's <laughs> See, those two trees were part of, were the final stages of God's teaching of Adam and Eve. Their sin was not that they had the fruit, though. Their sin was that they had the fruit in disobedience. We must know what they did wrong. Okay, let's go. Let me show you Genesis 3, verse 4. Let me show you two verses. Verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. That was, the pro- was that not the proposal of Satan? That if you eat it, you will be like God. You will know good. At- Captain Obvious. The name of the tree is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So obviously if I eat it, I will know good and I will know evil. It's obvious. And then by the time Genesis, that's in Genesis 3, verse 22. says, And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. So even God acknowledged that Satan did not lie. Satan didn't lie. Because many times believers think that Satan come to them and to lie. Satan doesn't always come lying. Satan always comes testing your understanding of what God said. So if your understanding of what God said is incomplete, that is where he catches men. It's not that ah, we are children of God. If Satan says, comes, if Satan comes to anybody and says, go and tell lies. That's too obvious now. How many of if Satan comes to you and says, go and lie, how many of you will answer? Get out of here. What is wrong with you? But then Satan has to come in a way that it is like the truth you know. But the truth, but because that truth you don't know it very well, it is not complete, it is not fully formed in you. So that extra part that you don't know, it tries to help you help you feel it. And many things in life are like that. Food is food a sin. But if the Holy Ghost says fast and you eat. Is, this, is that food a sin or not? Is sex a sin? But outside marriage, is it a sin? That was what happened. This is the premise of that old principle. It was the is uh, eventually they would have eaten the knowledge, of, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That is where that is the point at which they would have understood Lucifer's rebellion. So, Satan knew that they were going to eat that fruit eventually. But he wanted them to eat it in a time where they would be able to join him in his rebellion. So that when their eyes open, they will be on his own side. Eventually, God would have said, okay, I've taught you enough. Now, eat this one. So that I can start to show you that some years ago, some decades or years of time ago, this king, this Lucifer rebelled. So, at that time, God had not really educated them about Satan. You will say, why didn't God come and tell them about Satan? God doesn't. Have you seen God giving Satan an introduction before? Have you seen it in your Bible? You won't find it. Where God comes and says, I want to talk to you about Satan. God undoed Satan a long time ago. You won't hear God advertising Satan anywhere. If it didn't matter that Adam and Eve didn't know Satan very well. If they had simply stayed with God, what God said, it didn't matter 
it wouldn't have mattered that they didn't know who Satan was. If, let's even say it was the serpent that was saying all this nonsense by itself. Let's say there was no devil. If they had simply said, God said we must not eat and we are not eating, the end. That would have been the end of it. And that is how God works. It doesn't matter what is against you. Even if you don't have all the full knowledge, you just stay with the one that God has said. Okay. Not, we, we all know these great ministers of God, great teachers. How many people in this world, in the seven, no, I think we're about eight billion now because India is going to overtake China soon. Yes. So, out of the eight billion people in this, how many people do you think will ever hear Kenneth again before Jesus comes? Many people won't. All these deep teachings that we hear these days, not most, many, many people will probably never hear them. But, the, the, but what they will hear is the gospel of salvation. And if they stay, say, Jesus, I don't know a lot, oh, ah, my grandmother now, <coughs> let's come and start teaching her, um, I don't know, the, 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 the mysteries of, of the dimensions. <laughs> she will just be like, have you finished? Me, I'm going to sleep. Oh. <coughs> That's how she went to like, Lord God help all of us. So that's the end of the matter. But someone like that, if they if they wake up to me and say, Oluwa, all my children, bless them, keep them. Will God hear or not? So if God puts us in position where they were able to go deeper in the knowledge of God, we must totally take advantage of it. Because hmm, when God, when Jesus was talking about when he was declaring war on all these cities, one of the things he said that. Jonah preached to Nineveh. They repented. And what did Jesus say? One greater than Jonah is standing here. So in the judgment day, when all those cities are saying, Lord, he will call Jonah and he will call Nineveh. Small Jonah came to preach to you, to them. They repented. That means Jonah also went there with the gospel. So he went there to preach the gospel of turning. The gospel is basically turning men back to God. We can start doing the analysis later. But the, the point of the gospel is that, oh, you are headed to help, you are, you are serving Satan. Now come and serve God. So Jonah went to Nineveh, he preached, and they, were, and they changed. And then Jesus was saying, greater than Jonah is standing here. And me, Jesus, the maker of Jonah, I'm preaching to you, and you are not hearing. So on judgment day, he said it will be worse for them than who? Than Sodom and Gomorrah. Because if nobody went to Sodom and Gomorrah to preach. No. There were righteous men living there, but they didn't exactly, the Lot was not there on evangelism. The man was there on multiplication and business. Lord, we help us in Jesus' name. So their sin was not exactly that they had the fruit. God would have eventually given them, because they were in the process of transformation into becoming like God. And to be like God, you cannot be like God if you cannot judge between good and evil. So eventually they would have had to have the knowledge of how to demarcate between because is the Adam and Eve were installed there as administrators of this world and Satan would always come against them. So eventually God would have told taught them how to deal. Is why you go to Bible school, you will do how to preach. But you also do demonology. You understand? You eventually have the knowledge of the other side. You cannot... So when you see churches where they only preach the good side, the good side, the good side, they are not helping the people. Because Satan will just be bashing them 
left and right, and they will be wondering, but God is a good God. But God is a good God. But Satan is a wicked devil. He's bad every day and twice on Sunday. Hallelujah. So it's the same thing. So they would have eaten the knowledge of, of good and evil, and they eventually would have gone over and eaten of the tree of life. And then that would have been... so. They are, they were, they, that would have been the final transformation of their bodies. And that's when their changing into being godlike would have been complete. So they would have eaten both of So God didn't put those two trees there as I will see if you obey. God put those two trees that they will continue to eat of it. But it was not time yet. So God said, Mm-mm, don't touch it. And then they went and then they touched and then they got into trouble. And it is also a, a point like uh, Apostle Tim was saying that when, when sometimes when, we, when God says something, then you jump out the window. No. When God says what, you must also wait to hear the when. You must also wait to hear the how. You must also wait to hear the with whom. I will make you a great nation. I will give you five children. Hmm. Hey, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Um, the, 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 the story of Mary. How many of us believe that uh, God chose Mary because she was a virgin? You think so? But you know that in those days, 98% of the, all the young girls in Israel would have been virgins. It, it was not, there was nothing special by, uh, about being a virgin in the nation of Israel. In fact, if you are not one, that's where the wala is. You understand? Because there were special apparels. That's why when, was it dinner? When she went, the Bible says she tore her clothes and put ashes on her head because you cannot claim to be. So there were special apparels that they wore. It was something celebrated. So there was nothing special about Mary that she was a virgin. If she, of course, if she was not a virgin, Jesus would not have come through her. But that she was a virgin was nothing special. It was the basic requirement of being a Jew. If they catch you, the law makes provision that if, they, that if the man, if you get married and the man, they catch you that you are not one, they'll stone you. They'll stone you. So it wasn't, so it wasn't, it wasn't, you said, they'll, yes, no. They, it was stoning. So it wasn't that she was a virgin. It, the, that she was a virgin was the basic, was the minimum basic requirement. So now, what made her that special? One of the things that made her special was the fact that she was a carrier of the blessing herself. And the second thing that made her special was that when she was, was going to get, you realize she was already engaged before the angel came. Have you noticed that? She was engaged before the angel came, not only was she a carrier of the blessing herself, she was engaged to a carrier of the blessing. She, she herself was a descendant of David. The man she got engaged to himself was a descendant. It was a coalition of carriers of blessings that eventually made the way for God to now say, Let, we can use this one. So it wasn't enough that she herself carried the blessing. It was also enough that it was also that she also partnered with somebody that carried that destiny. That's why in Matthew, I think it's Matthew, Matthew was tracing the genealogy of Jesus, traced it through Joseph. When Luke was going to trace it, traced it through Mary, 
So whether it's this way or this way, you, it was undeniable that Jesus was the son of David, the son of Abraham, the son of God. So the, it is not min, minimum. So that virginity thing was just the minimum, minimum, basic. So when we say don't sin, don't sin, don't sin, don't sin is good. But God doesn't preach sin. God, God speaks of himself. Because what happens is that there is a, there is a way you can, you can emphasize sin so much that the only thing that the people will be thinking about is sin. And the problem with that is if you say, hey, if you fornicate like this, clinical will happen and something will happen. Hmm. The day they do it and that thing does not happen, there goes your gospel of fear. You understand? That they, once, once they go and do it and nothing happens, <laughs> don't lie, don't lie. You understand? So you cannot keep men in step with God by, by only saying, don't do this, don't do We say a lot of don't, 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 don't. Some, now we need to start saying a lot of do, 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 do. Don't sin. Okay, Atiba. So what we should, we should, we should we be doing with our time now? You know, that's the issue. Look at the people of the world, for example, they have the way that they relax. Many people go to work. Maybe when they finish by four or five, they go to the pub, Abby. They go to the pub. They have some fried chicken. They have a few pints of beer. They go home. They watch a series. A series. Maybe they watch episode one to four. They sleep. Uh, and then on Saturday, there's a festival a party somewhere. They go to the festival. They have things that fill their time, their spare time up. The question is, when you say your son should not do this, this, and this, what is that child supposed to be doing with all that time? What is the child supposed to be doing? If you said, see, that's, that's not where we need to now come from and say, okay, don't do this instead. Do this. When others are sleeping, these are books, not just Christian books alone, these are books that make great men. Here, start reading, start reading, start reading. These are practices, great men. The schools that produce the, all the prime ministers in this country, they wake up by 4 or 5 in the morning. They, it, it is the rest of, of people's children that you will be waking up by 6, by 7. The people that make prime ministers, they wake them up by four, by five. All the, the children of um, um, uh, William and his, and his eight-year-old now, the discipline that is in those boys. Have you ever seen any of them come here and start saying some rubbish? You won't hear it because the discipline that, that they've put in them, that's why they will be the ones that will rule over people that are not disciplined. There must be something you now start exposing your children to that will make them, that when they finally stand side by side, people that should be their age mates, men will see that your own son is more than that. My wife was saying that when she, go, when she came to this country, <coughs> God knows how many years ago now, when she came to this country, that anytime they wanted to do English language, the teacher will, will give her the book to read. This was primary school. The teacher will give her the book to read to people that were born here. 
How come she understood English better than people that were born here? What was the advantage? But then I remember that, that back then, you, we, we, we used textbooks of two classes that were ahead of us. You are in primary three, you are doing primary five curriculum. So that by the time you get to primary five, you are already almost completely your GS2 syllabus. I, that was what I did. I eventually went from primary five. No, I went from primary five to GS1. I went from GS1 to GS3. And there was no problem. I didn't get to GS3 and be the bottom of the class. I was just fine. Because you had done your head, it was, it was a drill. It was a drill. As at that, we went back to that school. We went back there uh, last year or so. And the place looked so small because apparently we have grown so big now. So that means it, the place looked so small that I was wondering that how did all of us fit here. That was when I realized all of us were actually <coughs> as tiny as we were, we were. They wake us up. You will do vigil. Who are you that you won't do vigil? You say, okay, I'm six years old. That's why I won't do video. You do that video, all of us will do it together. If they want to have mercy on us, they will say, okay, um, I think all the children go and sleep by 12 o'clock. The rest of you. And what will we be saying? Thank you, Lord. Th For hours. It's not, they, they, they won't even there was no change of prayer points. Thank you, Lord. The mommy leading us, she's on her knees. When the grandma is on her knees, saying thank you, Lord, who are you? That, 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 the, the only thing we said was, we do like that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For hours. When, when we are tired, we turn into song. Oshie Baba, thank you. Oshie Jesus, thank you. Oshie. For, I'm telling you, for hours, we'll just be saying, thank you, Lord. <clears throat> and when we have finished that one, they will call us and say, ah, we, we, we have a third time presentation. Sam. Ah. You will not know Sam. Sam 1, Sam 8, Sam 34, Sam 36, Sam 136, Sam 145, 146, 147, 148, 149, 150. They will now call you to recite 145 to 150. You will now say you forgot. <laughs> you will now say... <coughs> Most of the Psalms I know now, it was then that I learned. So they will line all of us up and just give you your own Psalm. You go and sit down with it. Some that you, it was not that you would recite it to group auntie on 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 Saturday. Is that when you get to school on Monday, they will ask you your teacher in school on Monday morning will ask you your own sir. You now say you will know sir. <laughs> you will know sir. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power. Of Ephesians chapter six. All those Ephesians chapter 6, all those Colossians, that was how we knew them. The 5 verses, 6 verses, 18, uh -uh, 18 verses. What was, what was that Psalm? Almost, almost. Psalm 103. How many verses Psalm 103? Help me check. 
Let me check how many verses are in Psalm 103. Sion, the king of the Amorites, Anog, the king of Bashan. Uh, how many? 22. Ah. I gave their land for an heritage. Heritage unto Zeli. Ah. <laughs> you will know by force. You know. There's, I've learned there's nothing your mind cannot handle. There's nothing, no. Hmm. It depends on who is teaching. And, and the conditions you set. You will. Uh, one day, my daughter was... Um, so normally, we make her do one to... When she, has, when she has offended, her punishment is that she will go and face the wall. And, she, and it's always an opportunity to refresh her mind. So face the wall, count 1 to 10. Face the wall, count 1 to 20. So one day, I decided, ah, this 1 to 20 thing is burning. We'll be doing 1 to 100 now. Yes. One to hundred, you, your mind must expand. How many times has she read one to hundred now? But you would think, ah, one to hundred is too much until they actually, you know, scientifically speaking, these children at this age can learn eight languages and not miss one for the other. Eight. So if you want your son to speak Spanish and French and Japanese and Mandarin, this, when they are tiny like this, God give you money. Find the teacher. Eight languages, and they will not call French Spanish. It is where you know it is where we grow up that we start to put building blocks of limitations in our head. I was saying the other day that when all of us were children, how many of you could draw a thing or two? If somebody threw you in a school of art, you won't come out as Michelangelo. But now, if I give you pencil and paper, now she you won't give me back and say, Chairman, I don't have time. Now the limitations have entered. The limitations have entered. The blockages have entered. What, but that, what, also, that, what that also means is that you can remove that blockage. You can insist. Ah, I've seen stories of men graduating PhDs with their own children. Same day, the Baba with his gray hair, the young man, both of them finished the PhD and graduated the same day. So the man went back to say, okay, you know, normally you say at that age that, oh, the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. And so I was saying that if, if you, when you hear God, you can hear God correctly, but you must also hear the rest of the details. You can hear about what, for example, there is the what that you must do. There is the what that God is saying, do this. But the other details of how to do it, when to do it, with whom, to, that's how I got on the message of, of, of um, what's her name, Mary. If Mary had gotten married to someone that was no, not Joseph, she would have not been the mother of Jesus. With whom? Or she could say, ah, the Lord said I'm going to have a child by the most time. Say, okay. <coughs> Joseph, um, we are going to have, the Lord has said it and he would do it. So we can start sleeping together. Would God have done would would it have happened? You know, she it's later that we that is we are the ones that have the explanation of how the matter went. She she just said, Oh, the all that the Bible says that oh the power of the most high will overshadow you. What does that even mean? You you there's a tendency to say, okay, what it means is that it will still be a biological thing, 
but that the power of God will rest on that child from the womb, like he rested on Samson. They could have interpreted it that way and then say, okay, let's just start doing what. Because they were already engaged. What en- that engagement means that Jacob had, Joseph had done everything that he needed to do in terms of marriage. The only thing left for Joseph to do was to go to a house. You know the story of the ten virgins. Go to a house, collect her, take her to his own house. That was the only thing left. Joseph had paid all the bride price, paid everything. So she was. So, in a, in fact, in 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 today's times, you will say they've done court marriage. You know the way we do court wedding before the church wedding. So they had done court wedding, which meant they were legally married. So it's not when you do the children that you are, by in the eyes of the law, the day you got married in court, you legally got married. Hallelujah. So uh, if you look at Genesis chapter 12, so we begin to try to close this. Genesis chapter 12, from verse 1, say, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show you. The word in that passage was that the Lord said, Get out of your country. And then if you want to look at the when in that passage, it's also included in the fact that God was saying, Get out now. Because he said, the Lord, another version says, Now the Lord had said, so it wasn't the new commandment. It was that the Lord said it. And theologically speaking, um, theologically speaking, it took uh, the first time, theologians believe that the first time God came to Abraham, Abraham was like 25. So God came, have you ever wondered that why did God, you know you think, why did God wait until the man was 75? That's why that passage says the Lord had. So the Lord had come much earlier. And then when he told his father, he said, ah, you are mad. <laughs> My son, you are absolutely... Okay, let us reach a compromise. Uh, you don't like this place anymore, Abby. He says, okay, I'm going to relocate our family. We'll go to Canada now. So that was what happened. So the, the, his father, when he went to his father and said, I need to go, he said, ah, okay, you hate this place. Okay, fine. Let's pack our bag. Let us travel. So all of them traveled to Iran. And God kept quiet until the man died. And then now God came back and said, that's why that place says, now the Lord had. So now when, when it was like the same way that Jacob went to Padan Aram, the Lord met him and spoke to him. And then God waited for 21 years. And after 21 years, then God came back. You understand? After 21 years, then God came back. And I started to talk to him about the covenant that they made 21 years ago. So God, God has time. It is men that don't have time. Oh. God has a lot of time. Yes. God, God was just patient. Just, okay. When you finish, when, when Terra dies, we would have this conversation again. And now he died. And so now Abraham was now 75. And then God now said, okay, are you going to that thing I said 50 years ago, are you about to? Yeah, okay, okay, sure. And then God now said again, said, get out of your country from your kindred and from your father's house. <coughs> Where? To a land that I will show you. With whom? God clearly specified that anything that is not labeled Abraham must not go with him. As far as God is concerned, husband and wife are one. 
So Sarah was labeled Abraham, she could go. Every livestock of Abraham was Abraham. You understand? It was everything that made him him. So those things could go. But the things that could not go is kindred and his father's family. That father's family included Lot. Lot was his brother's child. So God gave specification of what? Get out. Go to another country. Where? I'll show you. Who can go with you? You and your, and your everything, your possession and everything. Who cannot go with you? Your kindred. How many of us have had dreams of what God wants to do? And that we have now gone to pray to say when? To say where? Say who can I tell? You know one of Joseph's biggest problems was that his mouth was too big. Have you ever thought of it like that? If Joseph was not going around running his mouth, you think, they, you think his brothers would hate him like that? <laughs> if Joseph had learned to shut up his mouth, he would still, God would have still gotten him to Egypt some way. He would still have ended up in Egypt anyway. He would still have ended up in Egypt anyway. But because he didn't learn to keep his mouth shut, he suffered certain things. <laughs> do you know why Jesus had to start when, do you know why Joseph start, had to start carrying Jesus and running to Egypt back and forth like that he had to because when God you know when God's son was born God couldn't do it in secret God put it in the stars in the east if God didn't announce that matter in the sky the wise men would not have seen it if they didn't see it, they wouldn't have journeyed to Herod. If they didn't journey to Herod, all the children two years younger would not have died. Jesus would not have to have had to carry his bag and run to Egypt. But because God put that matter on speaker, everybody. So when God puts your matter, so it is not always good news when we come in church and God points to you and say, "You." You are not the only one that heard it. Yeah, all the witches in your village, they heard it. The devil heard it. So what the devil now does is, is he now goes to work to me. You know, the, the devil has one goal in life. The devil has only one purpose. To make sure that at least one time in his life, God is proven to be a liar. That is the only thing Everything Satan does to any of us, to anybody, the whole goal is to make sure that at least one time more, I will, I will be able to say, God, you are a liar. So that's why the only thing the devil always comes with is what God has said. Satan, if God has not said anything, so in your life, if, if it looks like Satan is, Satan is just giving you problem, problem, problem. Before you start praying, I bind Satan. Just first go and sit down and say, by the way, what, what, what is it that Satan is looking for here, girl? That thing Satan is looking for is what God has said. God has said, I will make you great. God has said, I'm taking you to the nations. God, how many of you have had dreams of being a rich man here? How many of you have dreamt that God showed you in a dream? Not that you are, you are hoping, that you have had a dream of being a rich man here. You've not seen millions in your dream before, you. <laughs> have there been days where you didn't have five naira in your pocket? Why? Have you, have you had visions 
that have you have you seen that God has said, okay, I'll do this for your family, and some and suddenly an 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 attack and oppression that you cannot explain turn came up. Something that you say, ah, this one should not take us more than two weeks. And suddenly you see the way Satan came. The reason he came. You've seen the story of Job many. I've mentioned Job so many times. The reason Job had all of that problems was because God said. You know, Satan attended meeting on his own. Uh, you want us to go to the book of Job again? <coughs> the book of Job says that, God, that one day there was the meeting of the sons of God and Satan also came. The reason Satan could enter, I've told us because, it's because he, he had Adam's past. You know, it was the meeting of the sons of God. Adam was a son of God. So what should have happened is that when God now calls the meeting of all the sons of God, Adam should also be attending. But because Adam had lost the authority of the earth, because he had lost the authority over his jurisdiction to Satan, Satan was now the legal representative of the domain of Adam. So when the meeting of the sons of Adam came, Satan could attend and God could not say, what are you looking for? Have you ever... That's why God could... You know, you would think that Satan turns up in a meeting where God is having... It's like God is having a council meeting and Satan entered and God did not say, what are you looking for? The reason is because the past he came with, he did not steal it. He didn't steal it. They gave him and said, here, here's your past to everything that God has given to man. So he took it and so he entered the meeting and God said, ah, you are cuckoo here. We'll cuckoo talk. God, what God did was that God treated Lucifer like he would have treated Adam. It was Adam that God should have called to the side and said, oh, my friend, by the way, that admin job I gave you over the earth, how is it going? And Adam would have been saying, oh, it's good. By now, we have 1.8 billion people. They are doing well. Uh, you should come around and see us. That's what Adam should have been reporting to God in that meeting. So it made sense that God now said, ah, since Adam is not here, Adam's representative is here. Ah, Lucifer, how is your... That's what it means. Lucifer, how is your administrative duty? How is it going? You, cuckoo, you are cuckoo the landlord now. So how is the earth going? And and and, <laughs> and Lucifer said, I've been walking to and fro. You know what it means walking to and fro? You know the way Nebuchadnezzar was walking across his palace garden? It wasn't just a walk of I'm stretching my leg, it's a walk of exercising dominion. It is how a lion will urinate. You know, lions, that's what they do, they urinate around their territory. If they burn you across that line. That's what Satan was doing. So he was walking to and fro the anger. Said, have you seen my servant Jews? Of course I've seen him. Ah, What do you take me for? You think I'm a lazy administrator? There is no single soul on that planet that I don't know what he's doing. So Satan knows the home address. If God is to, was to ask Satan about you today, Satan doesn't need to go and think about it. Satan will start, start talking on the spot because he knows everything that he thinks he needs to know about you. So God said, ah, have you considered my servant Jews? Of course. Ah, ah, is he not, is he not, you can't, can't use that because you put protection around him that I can't touch him okay, fine. Um, I would allow you some, some leeway in his life. If God didn't talk, Sheikh Job would have that problem. He <laughs> wouldn't have the problem. But because God said, have you considered my servant Job? That was his beginning. So if God has said something about you, rejoice. But also prepare for war. 
Rejoice so. Because children of God, we are, you know, we are wonderful characters. God has said, oh, well, and then you just go and be. My friend, 15 years you sit down there and that thing God has said is up. And as far as God is concerned, the matter is sorted. The matter was sorted. But the rest of it was up to you. So number one is that you seek for what God has said. God, what is, what are you saying about my house? What are you saying about my life? Is this the limit you have for me? Or are we supposed to go higher? What is the next level? You have transported me from wherever I'm from. Now I am here. Is this where I'm supposed to stay? <coughs> or is there something bigger? And then God will tell you there's something bigger. And the next question is, okay, where is the ladder? What is the ladder? How am I supposed to get to where I'm supposed to get? Those are the questions you start asking God. So that when you finally set out, you don't go left when God wants you to go right. Imagine, um, let me find an example. All of us know Famia Road. I mean, all of us know Famia Road. You are coming from the headquarters. You get to that Famia Junction. God says go to Lagos. And you turn right. You, you, get, you know that road is this way. This way is Obande. This way is. So God says go to Lagos. And you, get to, you, you, you obey. You leave your house. And then you get to the junction. And you go this way. Are you going to get to Lagos? Let me stop here. Let me stop here. Because as children of God, we must begin to... We must get to that point now where we start to talk of not just the knowledge of sin, but also the actual building blocks that make for a victorious child of God. Because, you, I mean, I'm sure you've seen them before. People that will say, I, but I don't sin. I pay my tithes. I pay my offering. Everything they say we should give, I give. Why is my life like this? The answer to that person is that, do you know the building blocks that make for a victorious person? Do you understand how to start relationships? Do you how, understand how to maintain relationships? There are people you go to that have millions, but you must never ask them for one penny. <coughs> I'm sure you have friends like that. That if you, the day you go and beg them for money, the day you say, can I have this amount of money? They might give you, but that is the day your access to them dies. That is the day your access to them will completely die. So, do you, do you know the things that you are, the, the principles you need to apply? Do you understand how favor works? Do you understand the balance between God's goodness and God's mercy? Do you understand the principle of sowing and reaping? The Bible says he that sows in tears will reap in joy. What that means is that there are sacrifices God will demand of you that will never be convenient. That was what David knew when David said, I will never give God anything that will cost me nothing. Imagine when, when Sarah died and Abraham wanted to get a burying place. And he said, take it, you're a prince among us. He said, no, I am going to pay. I must pay. Imagine if Abraham did not pay. 
Who who will lay claim to the grave of Abraham and Sarah and Jacob and Joseph? Who will lay claim to them today? Imagine if Abraham said, ah, thanks for the gift. I'm not going to pay. People, there are things in God that you will pay. You pay. You think it's convenient to wake up in the middle of the night and be praying? Ah. Some time ago, I was feeling so sick that I wanted to I wanted to go and sleep. I, I, had, I had gotten into bed, crawled under the duvet to start snoozing. And the Lord said, Chifu, <laughs> you can't. As I got up, I went to the living room. This was around 11 p.m. You know when I finally went to bed? 5 a.m. You pay. You want anointing, she? Ah, sit down there. <laughs> I was telling my after that. When men stand before church and say, when, when people like daddy say, the angel did this, the angel closed the door, the angel opened the door, physically speaking, not, not imagination. So when you, you think they are saying it while they are, how many times have you heard that preacher say, and say, I was awake by 2 a.m., I was awake by 3 a.m.? How many times have you heard him say that? You think he's sleeping until 7 and he's seen angels and he's seen Jesus? If you, if you want to get there, you would also be awake when, the, like he said, the way to have people's results is that you do the things they do. If the man got there by waking up 2 a.m., my friend, you better start waking up by 2 a.m. If the man got there by reading two books every week, my friend, you better start reading two books every week. Otherwise, you will name and claim until you are 86 and nothing will happen. You will see people come with diaries of what God said, what God said, what God said. And you are wondering why what God said did happen. What did man do? Genesis 1.26. Let us make man in our own image and likeness. Verse 27 says he made them in his image. He didn't mention likeness. The reason is because the image part was all God. The likeness part involves you. So that likeness, the likeness part was his nature, was his character. You would have to choose this. Jesus Christ learned obedience by what? The things he suffered. Jesus suffered. You know, <laughs> Jesus suffered. The image of God spoke of things like dominion, authority. That's why you see evil men in this, as evil as those men had, they still exercise dominion, they still exercise authority, they still have a jurisdiction. Those are image things. But likeness things. Jesus was created in the image of Jesus of God now, was he not? Yet did he suffer? Did obedience was a character thing, was a nature. That one he had to suffer to become. That means there were days that it was not convenient for Jesus. Even Jesus, there were days that are not convenient. For, ah, God, if you will, let this cup pass over me. You think before Jesus said that, you think he had not told you Lua, she we won't end this business here like this. You think it's easy to go and die for sin you did not commit? You are, you are, you are about to go and die for fornication and adultery. You have never slept with anyone. You go and die for lie. You've never lied. At least if you are suffering from your own sin, you would know, okay, I did it. And I'm suffering for what I did. He didn't do those things. Yet he had to pay. God will help us in Jesus. Let us rise up on our feet. These are the days where we have to be intentional about how we serve God.
we've been serving God all our lives. Ask yourself. You know, sometimes you need to have a conversation with God and say, okay, God, let, let, us, let us even talk. This life you have given me, this life you have given me, what exactly do you want to make of it? You know, many, many people never even get to the point of asking God that, okay, you sent me here. What exactly are we doing? Is it just to come and have children like everybody? My wife was raising a boy where we were driving some days ago and said, oh God, that people like the daughter of uh, Pius Jelton, she's not married. That means if she dies, that's the end of that lineage. So, Jesus didn't have children, did he? So it means that the, op- the main purpose of coming here is not to come and get married and have children. If you do, wonderful. If you don't, it doesn't mean your life is over. So when you pray for people and say, you will get married, just, it is a good prayer, but if it is not the, the, the summary of their life should not be in the happiness of being with a spouse or not. Each person, you, you, don't, you don't bring, if you bring a damaged person and bring another damaged person and you put them together, you have made an explosive. So you must, you must be a combination of people that are whole in themselves, settled in their Jesus. The other man, the man is settled in his relationship with Jesus. The wife is settled in her relationship with Jesus. Both of them come together and then push each other to do better. So when, so anytime material things are the goal of, of why people come to church, they will suffer. They will, because they will be disappointed. Everybody saying, God, buy me a car, buy me a house. Did you hear Paul pray that prayer? Prayers that if you don't, it is, does it mean God doesn't want you to have a car? No. Does it mean God doesn't want you to get married? No. If God didn't give you the gift of celibacy, don't go near it. You will suffer. You will burn. You will. But if God has given you the gift, then that means, uh-uh. I know it's a hand of God. That I, I'm, I'm sure he can no longer count how many times he has face-to-face conversations with Jesus. Up to, I was listening to him one day and he said, he so he, 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 this man has not, is not married and he will never be married until Jesus comes. He has Bafalon that that is his own. So he will never have children. So he, he has nieces and uh, nephew that he plays with, but he knows he himself. No wife, no child. This man, his prayer time is 2 a.m. in the morning, every time. So at 2 a.m., he kneels down in his living room and starts praying. So one day, he was teaching a course that I just, I just listened to. And he was saying that he, he was... So he needed to prepare, the, because he was doing a lot of things, he needed to prepare the course material for what he was going to teach by 8 a.m. So he, <coughs> he was in his study trying to write, trying to write, and then alarm, 2 o'clock. So he got up to go and kneel down to the living room to stop. So as he knelt down, the Lord Jesus showed up. The Lord Jesus sat down next to him and held the book and said, oh, Lord, you know what? Give me one minute. Let me quick go and finish. So he left the Lord in the living room ran to the study. He said it was when he got to the study that he realized that. <laughs> what have I done? So he ran back to the living room and said, ah, please forgive me. The Lord was just laughing that. I understand. But I've come to... You think someone like that, this is someone <laughs> that, <laughs> that is not married, has no life. The only thing it does is that what God said you should do. This, the sacrifices that men have done that have gotten them. So you want to stand in front of people and you raise your hand like Catherine Kuman. Well, Catherine Kuman's last meeting before she died, she was she was 
the I think one of the the organist also was just trying to get to a corner to I think maybe to go to the toilet or something. That's when he heard her. So he stopped when he saw the lady, and then he saw her. She was just walking up and down, just asking the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, please, one last time. Our prayer that day was one last time, one last time. Strengthen me one last time. She was frail, she was weak, she was tired, she was bent over, she was just saying one last. He said, suddenly he just saw her stand up like that, and she was just running. She ran to the stage and ministered for hours. When they when she finished like that, and she gave back heart problem. And it was what killed her eventually. The sacrifices that men put themselves through to get to, and you now come to church and you now say, I'm, God, I'm angry with you. That house, you have not bought it. That car, you have not bought it. That wife, you have not brought it. That husband, you have not brought it. The Anna in the Bible that dedicated Jesus, how many years was she a widow for? 84 years a widow. She, God was no longer God. Some people complain and they <laughs> let's close our eyes. You will, because I don't want any of us to get to heaven and you will realize that your your complaints were 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 irritating to Jesus. That you won't get to heaven and you <clears throat> and the things that you think are so important. What why do you think that the scripture talks of that people's works will burn? You think you have done something that special, and then by the time God subjects it to test, nothing. Nothing. Just lift up your hand and say, Father, help me. <laughs> help me. <laughs> help me. The, 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 the apostles of darkness, we were saying it that, like the politics that is going on in Nigeria now, for example, you know, some, you know how many people they have sacrificed. You know how many, you know what I'm talking about. You know how many human sacrifices are going on. Even in developed worlds, that children are just vanishing. Adults are just vanishing. People dedicated to the apostleship in darkness. And then we children of God are standing before God and saying, where is my, where is my car? If he gives you a car, wonderful. The same God that gave you the car today can say, go and give it out tomorrow. A man was speaking. He was saying that God told that when God called him, he was a millionaire. God called him as a millionaire. He had trailers and tankers. And when God called him, he was, he was making millions every week. And God said, give this one away, this one away, this one away. And he, had, he went from millions to having to trust God every day for breakfast. She, God is, does it mean God is wicked? But now, that, when that same man stands before people, and you start to see the things that God is saying to you, you wonder, that God made him give up all of that. Somebody said, God, God gave him, he, he retired and he got his gratuity, 60 million. And he, he saw an estate that he liked, about eight houses. And he bought the whole thing. And a few weeks later, God said, ah, those your houses are beautiful. I will show you people you should give them to. So he said he will be ministering in church. And the will just say, that lady sitting there, one house. That uncle sitting there. And he said within the space of, I think, three weeks, 60 million gratuity was gone. All the houses he had given away. And God now said, you will never lack it's the same person that, that people will come and say, ah, sir, that is, please help me manage this 60 million naira car. Help me manage this 100 million naira house. But when the man took his entire gratuity and set it on fire, were you there? Daddy Arugun was speaking recently that even if he wants to go and look for a work now, his certificate 
has expired. When you, until you get to that point where God is the only choice you have, you have not started. When you can say, if God doesn't do it, I have done my calculations. If God, God you don't want to do it, you better do it. If you don't do it, don't worry. I will go and do my... I, by the time I call Tim and I call Ben J and I call Israel, we would find a way. When, if you are still there, God will just leave you alone. When you have gone to that point where, where you, if he's... You know that was what God did to Jacob. Jacob was always fighting God and say, eh, God will say, put away the idols. He will say, he, 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 he couldn't talk. Until when that matter, when he heard that Esau was coming, what did he do? That was the night he wrestled with the angel because Esau was coming. Just say, Lord, help me. I don't know, I don't know how you want to pray that prayer. Just say, Lord, help me. Please pass around the communion quickly. We are out of time. Oh, Lord, help me. 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 There's always more. There's another measure. There's always more. There's another measure. There is another measure. God wants people that will come before. One of the ways you know you are starting to grow in the house of God is that when you pray, you even don't pray your own prayers anymore. That it is God that is now telling you pray for that person. Pray for that. I've told us in this church before. One time when the Holy Ghost said I should be praying from 12 to 6. <coughs> 12 to 6 every day. And I did it for about a week. 12 a.m. to 6 a.m. 12 a.m. to 6 a.m. And I did it for about a week. It was the following week that I realized that I wasn't even praying for myself. I was praying for my, wife, for my friend and his wife that got into a plane that the plane almost crashed. And they got into a car and their tire popped. Because it was later my friend was telling me that when he got into, on that plane, he knew. Because God had gone to him and God had told him that he should pray. He just said, oh, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. He just prayed one small prayer and forgot about it. He said, but you, you know when you are already playing, you can't say I'm not going anymore. He said as he sat down and his wife sat next to him, he said, oh, and then he turned to the wife. The wife wanted to do some work on her laptop. She closed it and looked at him and said, imagine how God now said, me, me, I should be doing 12 to 6, 12 to 6, 12 to 6 for one week. For somebody that God said something to that I did not listen. But if he had died, they had a baby that was about three months old that they left with grandma. So if something had happened to two of them, now that child would grow up without a father. Of course, they will hand the child to some uncles, aunt, but is it the same? And then me, I will sit here with the regret of if I had prayed, if only I had listened, if only I had prayed. That God will be able to trust you with lives of men. Hmm. That when God say, God will just say, pray for your own child. And you won't say, I'll do it in the morning. And by then you wake up in the morning, that child is gone. Last week, my man was just on grandma. So, grandma, grandma. Grandma, grandma. What did I say? So I said, go and call grandma. When you called her, well, where was she? Grandma had passed out. You, we would have called all of you to tell you grandma died last Sunday. Just ask that the Lord will help you. That, 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 that level of discernment. God, what will you have me do? That your greatest prayer would be, Lord, what will you have me do? Lord, God, not God, give me, give me, give me. We have done give me, give me, give me so much time. That we are, we are in the state of, we have raised perpetual children. People that if, if, if the pastor's phone number doesn't go like this, they will start panicking, panicking. Don't you know the name of Jesus yourself? Ah, uh -uh. Is it only the pastor Jesus died for? 
Ah, lift up your two hands. Lord, help me. I, I, I must be more. I must be more than this. It doesn't matter. The, the, the beauty about we will still get there in this school of the spirit that one of the one of the nature of the school of the spirit is that there is there are advanced classes. That one you think you know. Somebody will come and now you will realize that somebody has received a higher revelation of that what you know. There is always a greater, even if you know grace, there is a greater level of grace. Even if you know favor, even if you think you have seen favor, ah, uh-uh. you see people giving 60 million, 100 million, you see people giving houses and cars. Have you, 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 but there is another level where people are being given gold mines. I know a servant of God that was given a whole gold mine. Holy Spirit, help us. Holy Spirit, help us. Holy Spirit, help us. But this, this same servant of God that was given a gold mine, the same person that, will be, that cannot remember the last time he had any regular sleep. I saw a clip of, I saw a, clip of a man that the Lord said he should be praying at night. I don't know if you've seen the clip too online. This man has been doing vigil from I think 2018. Every night since 20, he's a full-time pastor, so maybe he catches a bit of sleep during the day or something. But since 2018, every day to 2022, you have been doing vigil every day. They say, how long does he pray for? He says he prays from 12 to 6. Every day since 2018. How many days is that? And then all of us will stand before God and you will say, Lord, I have been a faithful servant. <laughs> and then that man comes and says, you tell him what you have been, what I sent you to be doing and you have been doing. Of course, is then we, we would have three hours prayer, nine to twelve, and people are sleeping. And so people will not come. And we are going to the same heaven. Lift up your bread and your wine. Holy Spirit, we lift up this bread and this wine. Symbols of the flesh and the blood of the Lord Jesus. We asked as we take this, this would ignite a fire in our spirit to know you more, to serve you more. We have done too much ceremony in church that people don't even know what true evangelism is anymore. That the version of the gospel you gave to the, to the apostles, that one that they died for, Lord, give us a revelation. Let that fire be in our bones that we will look past ourselves and look unto you. Thank you, Father, for protection. Thank you for keeping our spirit, soul, and body. Every sickness in everybody, I curse you and I command you to get out in the name of Jesus. You are whole, you are healthy, you are kept and preserved. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray.